My money. Money. I get money from you. Money in the bank. Young money. Money, 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 money. It's the rich man's world. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. World-renowned financial advisor and best-selling author Barry James Dyke will arm you with the truth. This is The Economic Warrior. Please note, the opinions expressed on this show are of the individuals who speak them, and not necessarily of Portsmouth Community Radio, its members, or board of trustees. And good morning, good afternoon, everybody. It's... uh it's a beautiful winter's day in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. I don't know what it's like, and uh, about 12 degrees outside or something like that, Will. And um, my name is Barry James Dyke, and uh, I'm here with uh, Rick Peer- Pickford, uh, our um, standing engineer for um, uh, Handsome Phil Clyer, and uh, Will Pierce uh, from Kittree. And um, we'll let's just get to uh, the show. We're gonna, we have a great guest on today. We're going to have Kevin McKinney on, who's a uh, documentary filmmaker, and he's going to we're going to talk about his movie, Corporate FM, which is about the collapse of uh, uh, the local radio within America. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, the film you did, uh, Corporate FM, and uh, hats off to you, Kevin. And um, so, uh, anyhow, just please tell us about yourself and and your audience, um, you know, uh, uh, which has been your career path and what motivated you to write the, the, the and, and produce the movie, uh, uh, corporate FM. Well, it's a, a, certainly a pleasure to be on your show, and it's an, always an honor for me to be be on the radio anywhere. Um, and it was because of radio that inspired me to make this movie. When I was a a college student over at the University of Kansas, I you know I didn't get out much, but when I did go out, maybe like on a Wednesday night, I could go out to the uh, the local bar, which uh, is called the Bottleneck. And it's the kind of bar that bands like Radiohead or the Smashing Pumpkins played before they were well-known. And I could go to this bar, and um, there would be three hundreds of my, of my classmates there just, you know, enjoying the evening. And that would be true if there was a local band or if it was a, a touring act. There, was, there really was no difference. And the reason that was is because the local commercial radio station was supporting the music scene. Uh-huh. And I know a lot of us in community radio can kind of turn our nose up to commercial radio uh, because it's repetitive. But the one thing, them being repetitive, was actually what was good about commercial radio prior to consolidation. Because right now they repeat corporate songs to us over and over again. But back then they were repeating songs that were local um, if they wanted to, they could they could pick they could play whatever they wanted to. So it was uh, more, much more of a it wasn't so much free form as it was picked from the heart. And I think that's why people listen to your station and the music on on your station um, is that uh, it's picked from the heart. For commercial radio to do that and to play it in repeat, that gets all the people, let's just stop and think a minute about all the people who do not listen to the station that I'm on right now. All those people who listen to, you know, commercial radio or their iPods or whatever, those people who do or who aren't really interested in public affairs, they're the, you know, the 
maybe not that much, maybe 75% of the people who actually uh, create the rest of the movement that create uh, the critical mass behind a local band that allows them to move off the off the bar stage and on to the arena stage. Um, uh, yeah, so, so I'm this not was sure a sure if I've, I've answered your question here. There's okay. a couple questions there. I was got a question for well, you, uh, Kevin. So is Lawrence Lawrence is a college town? Yes, so Lawrence is a college town, which means they have a, a local uh, college radio station, KJHK, that is playing local music. Uh, but they're not playing local music in the same way that the commercial radio station would have played it, which was, you know, the commercial radio station has an eye for, okay, this song is really hitting hard now, so we're going to repeat it uh, to where everyone knows the words of it. And so when you went to that bar and you saw that band, uh there there were musicians who would come through and they would say in our own hometown people don't sing along but when we go and come to Lawrence Kansas people sing our own lyrics back to us and that's can you i can just imagine the 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 feeling the band must get like wow we've we've finally made it well they finally made it in Lawrence Kansas and it used to be that that would translate from town to town to town once a, a band got big enough uh, but now it's it's uh, that I'm I'm afraid that phenomenon is, is dead and buried. So we all know, and um, you know, uh, the that the media in America it, it's 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 awful. And uh, I'll I'll share uh, with you the, my research and um, you know the collapses of uh, cumulus media went bankrupt. Was it two weeks ago? And Citadel, which was a, a part of the. Uh, uh, the the, uh, the cumulus empire and went bankrupt in 2009 and the first trip to bankruptcy court uh you know the tribune company all these uh this, these media giants okay are going bankrupt except for <laughs> uh people like bloomberg but in any event um uh so we we know it all you know and, and, and kevin if you if you get on a flight you know i've flown around the country a lot if i could get off the plane in, in detroit or in kansas city or in or, or in Los Angeles or New York, they all sound the same, and um, it's because of the consolidation of the media. Um, so, and particularly for companies with Cumulus and, and iHeart. But so, what motivated you to to create the film Corporate FM, and and how long did it take you? Was it difficult to do? Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell us your story. Yeah, um, to to make a film. Part, partly you have to be ignorant of the process, otherwise you'd never do it because it's it's long and involved and you know i've it took me over eight years to do it and uh, uh, the stress it put on family and relationships was was more than I knew uh, it would it would do uh, but there was a f- question there, and the questions really questions are what motivate me and I saw that local station in Lawrence, and I saw the stations in Kansas City also doing the same thing to where they were. Uh, we had a, a rock, kind of a, your album-oriented rock giant that they had in every major city. We had a couple of those in Kansas City, and they all were vying against each other for the audience's ear. Well, after consolidation, which started in 1996, um, those stations stopped competing. They bought each other out. 
they stopped play, paying the, playing the local artists, and it just became you know everything you hear in in Detroit, as you said, and it's all all the cookie cutter format. But before there was a little more play to where that cookie cutter format could also reflect the community and radio. What makes radio different from the internet or any other medium is radio has a concentrated local audience, and if you reflect that local audience, it becomes a grow light on that local community that uh, allows it to nurture. It's a feedback loop, if you will, on the local culture that allows it to hear itself and realize what parts of itself are beautiful and express that through music or through business or through charity. It doesn't. It, I'm talking about music because your audience understands music, but I really mm-hmm. should. I should talk about businesses because I'm on a. I'm on the economic warrior. You could have that local business that the DJ might uh, patronize that business and, and talk about it, or even do a live remote from it. Um, that that's gone now. They they'll do live remotes from the big. The big, uh, you know, Verizon type uh, uh, sponsors, but you, you don't hear it from the the local uh, head shop like you would have heard <laughs> it years ago. Yeah. Um, now this is this is you know I've been following this for a long time, and this is part of the America's uh, turning into a cryptocracy, whatever. I don't know if I sold, said this correctly, but uh, this all started with the Telecommunications Act of 1996, and Senator John McCain, one of the best things he ever said, uh, McCain came out of his own mouth at that time, he said, all the interests were at the table except for the public interest, when in terms of the <laughs> Telecommunications Act of 1996. And so uh, I, you know, if John McCain ever said anything uh, brilliant, that was the one line that he did. And so could you please tell our audience about the Telecommunications Act of 1996, because this is really kind of when it all went crazy, Kevin. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. This, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that, because we're kind of at a another pivotal moment like 1996. In 1996, what happened was you had local broadcasters all around the nation. They're all represented by a, a group, like a trade group. And so those mom-and-pop stations were represented by a, stage, a, a trade group that presented their interests. But their, their interest was not to be bought out by huge conglomerates. Uh, so among uh, the members of the national NAB uh, were some bankers, uh, and I, uh, they're private equity guys. Yep. Um, um, there was a, a fellow by the name of Tom Hicks, yep. and his father owned a radio station, and Tom, little boy Tom, realizes that he could help his father with that radio station if uh, his father wouldn't have to compete with the station across the town, because Tom could buy that station even if that station didn't want to be purchased. Yep. That is kind of the rub here, is he, Tom realized with private equity he could throw enough money that a sane person would be like, well... Much you're going to be pay me much more than I'll ever make, so um, you know um, I'll find something else to love. That was the line I heard from people who sold uh, when they did not want to sell. Was they offered me so much money that I decided I would find something else to love. Now the person buying the station, they don't love it. it to them, it's just an asset. It's kind of like if you own the the Denver Broncos and you 
bought every other sports team, which team do you give your passion to? Yeah. It's no longer about your team. It's ju- it's about the system. It's about controlling the system and, and, and keeping other people out of it. And that's what they did most wonderfully. So so Tom Hicks, uh, he gets the NEB uh, to... To, to be on his side to lobby this uh, this act through Congress that would allow him to buy uh, more stations uh, nationally and more stations locally because but prior to that there was a uh, protections against monopoly and it, as much as you know we may not like a, you know a government oversight over this or that but radio is one of those mediums that there's not a lot there's only a few slots on that FM dial. And if you allow it to be a free for all, then um, then it's it's going to become what it is today. Um, but when there was protections that allowed uh, that kept people from owning too much, then you had a community that was in competition, and that's really what I think motivated me partly in making this movie. Is you know I do believe in capitalism. Yeah, I am a cap- capitalist. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe that you know, for a good market to 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 work, uh, there has to be competition, and if you can buy out your competition, regardless uh, of debt, I mean, and really that that, that is the the dagger that that kills radio yep. is, is is the private equity debt. Um, then then you're you're killing a market, uh, you're controlling a market, you're making it, uh, you're putting it in a zombie state, uh, and. How that pertains to now, though, um, we have this kind of pivotal moment where we see all these private equity company-owned radio stations all going bankrupt. Yep. And a lot of people are really elated, like, hey, this is going to open up, you know, there's going to be mom-and-pop owners again. And there are opportunities now for people to buy radio stations at cheaper prices. But all that said, remember how I told you how Tom... Uh, Hicks was waiting in the wings for the 1996 act to happen, and then uh, he uh, he hit it quite voraciously. Now we find ourselves kind of in this similar moment where all these are going to go bankrupt, and now waiting in the wings are the very people who drove it in the ground in the first place. The people who were thrown out of Cumulus now uh, have their own uh, venture, uh, their own uh, buyout uh, company called... Um, Let's see. Let me pull this up here so I say it right to you. Um, Modern Media Acquisition Corp. Uh, you okay. Uki, the uh, the uh, kind of almost the villain in my movie, uh, and he and I don't really seek to villainize anyone. I believe everyone has you know uh, love in their heart for what they do. But Lou Dickey in the movie, he is so arrogant that you can't help but view him as the as the villain the way he he uh, gobbles up these radio stations uh determines format and then uh, goes in front of John McCain in Congress and 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 defends what he's doing with this smug little smile um i i i kind of owe it to him i'm really glad that he's uh, in the movie because it really helps define things for people who want things a little more black and white. Um, frankly, I think there's many shades of gray, but he is now ha- has a, a group packed by, uh, backed by uh, Macquarie Capital, a private... Macquarie, Ca- Macquarie Capital of Australia. I'm very familiar with them. <laughs> and, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. So, um, 
but not to now. This is the thing. And by the way, uh, uh, Kevin, how can people find out more about you? How can they get the film? How can we do to help you to promote the word? Because this is a message that definitely needs to get out there to the public. It's these bankruptcies and the the lies I hear perpetrated to the financial press about why these bankruptcies are happening. And they're, they're blaming everyone from themselves has motivated me to put this film on Amazon. So you can, you can next time you're on Amazon, you can just type it in, Corporate FM, and it'll come right up. Um, I put it on Amazon Prime for, uh, for that reason. So it, it can, you know, as long as uh, this, these bankruptcies are, are, are going here, I'm going to keep it on Prime for the moment. Um, so, uh, you can also learn more about it and about the radio stations that are consolidated in your hometown if you go to uh, my website, which is fmfilm.com fmfilm.com and there's I you know I I uh, I write about radio and um, I have oh, an academic version of the film that I I, I let out that has a, a discussion guide that goes along with it that helps uh, uh, if, if teachers want to use this too but it's really a, uh, a for me uh, a dramatic film and that it's uh, I mean would you would you agree I mean you just saw it um, <laughs> I haven't seen it for a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, it, it's great. I'm I'm all there, um, and uh, you have a good friend of ours, Josh Cosman, on the private equity piece. But uh, my well, uh, co- yeah, Kevin, my, Kevin, now that link uh, that, that tells you what um, who owns the radio stations in your area, uh, I, it didn't seem to work for me. You might want to check that one. Okay, yeah. I will. In fact, uh, I will tell you that. Um, after we finish our little conversation today, I'll, I'll, I'll fix that. So that will be, that will be up. Um, yeah, it did. So you you went to that state and, and you typed in. Yeah, your it's a great code. website. It's a yep. run by the. Um, the that's a, a government uh, thing, so it, it might it might be a little harder to to deal with without it kind of a kind of like the affordable health care website you kind of have to <laughs> find the right square to click um uh, rick pickford here is uh, the general manager of the station here he had a question for you kevin and um he said when you were doing the f- uh, film was there any like aha moments um, when you're making corporate fm was there anything that really kind of just stuck out and surprised you which you never knew before yeah totally um when I first started making this film, I couldn't get anyone to talk to me. The uh, the station managers, the uh, the DJ. I mean, you know, there were DJs that would talk to me. But if I wanted to talk to the people who were doing the firing, um, no, they weren't going to talk to me. You know, who was I? Uh, then, um, as time went on, and they had to fire more and more of the people they loved, and of course, the last note that they get is, hey, you're fired too. Um, yeah, they were re- really ready to talk to me. And so um, I'm very lucky that the t- film took me so long to make because um, I got to see inside the people who I might have previously villainized, you know, the station manager for, you know, firing all the, you know, the, the talent. But, you know, really he was just acting on orders that came from, you know, Cumulus in Atlanta or, or wherever, 
so uh, and then I so I got to learn a bit more about the inside workings of that. Uh, my aha moment came, uh, and, and this is something I always wondered to myself: is how could these stations make money when their audiences were shrinking? Uh, when the protests from them closing and changing a format had more people involved than any of their audiences afterwards. Uh, whenever they flipped the format, the audience would shrink. They'd, they'd flip it again, and it'd shrink again. And so you can imagine that little line going down, but the other line, how much the station is worth, is going yeah. up. Yeah. So how does that make sense when, if they are making money by, through their audience? Um, well, logically, they must not be making money through their audience. And that was the aha moment when I was interviewing uh, Richard Fatherly, an old, you know, back when radio station operators called themselves operators, like broadcasters. Yeah. Um, he uh, he showed up at uh, for an interview in the film, and he, uh, he the guy's in his seventies, late seventies, and he shows up in a suit, and uh, he's like just that kind of guy that to him to represent something professionally meant he had to put his best face forward, and that's what he felt radio should do. And it, it, he couldn't understand uh, this old guy who was the program director for WHB, you know, back when radio stations only had three call letters. Um, he, uh, he, was, he was so much on the inside, he could not understand how radio stations could fire their audiences and still make money. Yeah. It was him that said, you know, I, it, it, it has to do with the debt, Kevin. So yeah. they're making their money and through it, financial manipulation. But it has to do with the debt. And he, and he yeah. said, you know, you you got to find this out. And this guy would call me up every month and ask me, have you found out? Because, you know, I really love radio. Uh, have you found out what it is about the debt? Um, and that's why I, I flew to New York uh, to talk to Josh. Okay. Um, uh, all right, Leo, Richard Follerly isn't with us anymore, but I, I okay. think about him all the time. Uh, but the, in the absence of, of community radio or local radio, if you will, local commercial radio, it's and it's almost impossible for for acts to break into the music world now without that ex- FM, that uh, that that small town or the uh, local community or college radio it's really impossible for acts to break into the market am i correct i'm not it's not saying it's impossible but it makes it very difficult is that correct the thing that allows an act to make it big is you know one it's good but the second thing is someone who has a larger microphone can can put that on the rest of the world so if i if i'm a really good artist and i put it just on youtube um that doesn't work uh, to get it to the rest of the world, unless a broadcaster says, "Hey, I just saw this great film on or this great act on YouTube," and then and then that um, that gives it the impetus. So there, there's there's the the flame underneath the uh, the big fire, the bonfire that that gets us all together. That that is a radio tower. Uh, it's a central thing that that unites us and. Um, uh, there are acts that you know make it with, uh, or not acts. There, there are things that become popular without radio right away. But you know, you're talking about something viral that has a cat in it, right? Yeah. Um, but that is that thing is still noticed by someone in broadcasting somewhere that says, "Hey, look at this," and then it then it explodes. 
<laughs> we're all susceptible to cute cats. Yeah, so it's 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 really a combination of uh, of the not just the internet, but of a terrestrial traditional terrestrial radio and traditional uh, television and. Um, even print media to some extent. So with, without kind of a crossover, it's really difficult for a group or a music act really to, you know, get sunshine. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, this has benefited the uh, conglomerates or the banks who are, or the private equity firms that have uh, taken over radio because in, in, in doing that, um, They've also fired the uh, the news people at all these stations. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, and let me remind or or tell the the younger audience that even the rock station had a news person back in the day. Great when stuff. I say back in the day, I'm I'm just talking about when I was in high school. So let's say uh, a, a major act comes into town like Pink Floyd. Um, I remember the local the the news guy doing news stories. Uh, about the band, about what was happening, what you know, going out into the community, interviewing people. So the amount of people who showed up at that show was bigger than it would be uh, today. Uh, tickets were much cheaper than too because the concert venues weren't owned by Clear Channel. Yes, <laughs> so yes, yes. It, 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 it's insidious how much private equity, private equities in the. Uh, in the concert promoting business, are they in the private? Are they in the concert? I mean, I know you know they've been just huge in the media business overall. I mean, you look at the Weather Channel; it's owned by Bain Capital. I mean, you look at the Tribune; was leveraged by uh, by um, Sam Zell, billionaire Sam Zell. You look at um, all these newspapers that went bankrupt; they're they're in the ticket business too. That you have. Um Clear Channel, when they um, they were, uh, am I am I speaking out of tune yeah. here? Because you're no, hurting. no, but it's just no, it's not. Okay. I mean, this is all the truth. But uh, um, yeah, uh, but anyhow, so let me if we can get into that. They but, certainly are overpaying. Yeah, um, the uh, uh, and, and Rick has another question here for. By the way, he says, in the process of making your sure, film, blame me for it. What's that? No, no, go ahead. Uh, Rick, Rick Pifford says, in the process of doing, making your film, Kevin, did you everyone ever take you aside and say, Kevin, this is what's going on here? Um, you know, was it worth it? What's, what's going on? What's going on? Yeah. So what's going on with With, with the radio? whole the, the buyouts, with radio. Yeah. What, what? Oh, did anyone take me aside and He's go, saying, you know, what's happening? Yeah, and yeah. Just kind of. What's really going on? Here's what's really happening here, yeah. Yeah, that would have been nice. Um, <laughs> that would have been very nice. Of course, um, I, I might not have made the movie then because uh, someone else would have kind of come together and, and put it all together that way. I was lucky to have different people who asked different questions that kind of led it all together and kind of a whodunit for me. Like it was, if it wasn't for that uh, elderly programmer, um, Richard Fatherly, saying, hey, you know, I love this thing. Why is it dying because of the debt? Find out. And if it wasn't because of Josh saying, hey, uh, Josh Kosman, uh, the, yeah. uh, the guy who wrote the book, uh, The Buyout of America, um, kind of connecting the dots between debt and failing businesses. And I uh, actually, you know what? I also had uh, read another book 
at the same time. Confessions of an Economic Hitman. John Perkins. Yeah, yeah. I know John. Yeah. I think he's from New Hampshire. Yeah, and yeah he is. He actually that, is. Yes. That, to me, was fascinating because I saw how you could control industries in, in other countries by bringing in private equity and making uh, those those countries beholden to U.S. banks for uh, <clears throat> for their their debt service, and I thought, wow! I, if we're using this as a kind of in his book, he's using saying it's it's our our, our way of in, imperialism uh, on over those countries. Um, if we're using it within our own country, are we using it to control radio? And if so. Um, you know what? What? Why? Why are we doing that? And this isn't in the film, but well, well, it, it, it is uh, insinuated. When you look at the AM dial, it, it all has one political stripe. So, um, if the private equity firms did get into radio to control it that way, well, kudos to them. It's been successful. Hmm. Uh, Kevin, um, no, you're talking about these new music genres can't get a, a foothold. Uh, sometimes, uh, or bands can't. Uh, in your film, you show Ju- Jewel, the uh, uh, the singer. Uh, she got her start on a on a local um, uh, a local radio station. Now, America is has a s- certain degree of cultural dominance around the world because uh, we because inter- we have a uh, great films and uh, and music too um, that we export. But now that uh, these new genres aren't aren't getting developed um are are we losing some of that uh cultural dominance overseas are are we not are we uh, oh, yeah uh, yeah yeah that's that's a to me a, a sad part of the of, of all this is if you think about that uh, local band going from your city and becoming a national phenom- phenomenon and then after that becoming a cultural export and and that's and we have we we've brought democracy and peace to other countries because of things like jazz uh that that, that unite people and that you know that expressed uh, a sentiment of the heart that um expresses uh, the love of freedom um so to lose that uh also makes it it hurts the united states and the world as a whole that we don't have this beacon of light that is uniting everyone. I'll give you an example. This morning I was on the treadmill and I put on Spotify and I listened to some music that I loved but no one else listened to that music and if I'm to play that music um, no one else is going to sing along with it or know it because you know it's just I've got kind of you know it's not not odd to taste but taste that were once you know played on the radio, but not, not that much anymore. Um, so I'm not unified to my neighbor through music. Now, if I'm unified to my neighbor through music, I'm also unified to them if that same station is giving me just a little public service about, hey, what's going on with uh, the city government, what's going on with uh, the, the, the shelters in town, and hey, it's just snowed outside, you might go next door and ask the old lady if you, if you can shovel her. Her, her walk because she can't yeah. do it anymore. I don't. I'm not getting that. Um, I'm happy, but I'm isolated, and that's <clears throat> happening on the 
the, the global level as well as the ma- the smaller uh, local level too. So, so to answer your question, it, it yeah, it's it's something that I couldn't figure out how to really show that in the movie. I you know I kind of have to make something that's entertaining, so I have to kind of stick to uh, where where it's going. But I'm really glad that you you think of that when you when you when you see that because that's that's something that was in my mind as I was editing. Yeah. Now, Kevin, I have a question for you because it always goes back to the money, and we'll get into Clear Channel in a second, or now is known as iHeart. Um, but one of the things that amazed me is Bruce Springsteen, who I don't know, I don't know if he's a billionaire, but he's got to be close to it. Okay, he's probably benefited more from the American uh, uh, music lover than anyone I know in this country. Okay, uh, from local radio, I remember seeing Bruce. Springsteen, I hate to say it, when I in New Jersey when I was a kid in college, you know, I know at uh, the Stone Pony and places down in Ashbury Park, and it was really cool. And he was, they used to play him on the local radio, and he really grew because of that. Um, but you tried to one of the people in in your film tried to get Bruce uh, Springsteen to endorse the, the you know the investigative reporting you were doing in corporate FM, but he turned you down. Is that correct? So um, a different filmmaker, not me, was making a film about uh, called Broadcast Blues, and basically it's about the buyout of the newsrooms and how that's affected uh, our our culture. And and so uh, they were going to use the song "Your Hometown," um, my hometown, your hometown. Your I can't remember hometown, which one was yeah. the title. Um, in a, a song, uh, in a story about uh, there was a terrible accident in a town in North Dakota. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, where I, a, yeah, yeah. Where a uh, rail car went off the tracks and spilled a deadly chemical that was, you know, if you breathed it in, you died. Um, and to get the message out to people um, in the middle of the night, they called the radio station. Well, Clear Channel, uh, who owned all those radio stations, or iHeart as they're called now, um, they didn't have night DJs. So there's no one there to say, hey, uh, don't go outside, you might die. <laughs> you know? So, um, and because of this, um, you know, pets that were outside died. Uh, the, there was a, a gentleman uh, died uh, because of this. Uh, and this, the story, Clear Channel kind of warped the story in their in their way like oh yeah we had we have people there uh, it was the phone line you know that that's what that, that that was their alibi uh but the person that they have at the station is an engineer to make sure the arbitron uh yeah. machines don't yeah. go down because yeah. that's what, how they prove to advertisers that they're on the air and that everything's working uh, so it, was, it wasn't someone who answers the phone and says, if you call them up in the middle of the night, you'll get a busy signal. And it's not even an a answering machine because they want you to think that the DJ you hear through the night is actually there in the station. But the DJ you hear through the night recorded their show at 2 p.m., uh, and they just did, you know. Hey, it's ten o'clock, and you know, here's Fog Hat. They did. They didn't. They, <laughs> it, it's it's all it's all a, a charade. And it probably and wasn't even recorded locally. All across America. Yeah, and yeah. well, you know, the funny thing is the people. And uh, I was talking to Josh Cosman last week or the week before, and and um, uh, you know, we th- you know he thinks that uh, iHeart's going to probably go under. Uh, I don't know. Um, 
in, in 2018 um, because it, the fact of the matter is, and they, they disclose this, uh, uh, Kevin, in Variety and, and actually matter public uh, record, is that for every dollar that iHeart's bringing in in revenue right now, 38 cents in every dollar is just going to pay down interest on the debt. So 38 cents of every dollar they make is just going for debt. And you know, and that's going to get higher. Yeah, and that's going to get higher. And I guess there's a there's a, like three four hundred million of uh, debt coming due in 2018, and so it's just it's just it's just a huge house of debt, and um, and it was actually orchestrated by um, you know, people in our own back down by in Cambridge or in Boston uh, by Thomas H Lee and uh, uh, Bain, Mick Romney's Bain Capital, and um, you know you know, it's it, so it's. Um, uh, so it's, it's going to be anybody's guess what happens, but um, uh, it's it's a common theme again and again and again. But this, they still have so much um, uh, presence in the United States. I uh, on Christmas night uh, they had the iHeart Radio special. Did you see that? No, no, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, my girl, my girlfriend wanted to see it, but in any event, um, um, so again, how can people find out more about Kevin McKinney and? Uh, and, and corporate FM, um, we, we, we need to uh, let our audience know how to contact you. Okay. Um, well, you can contact me through through the website at fmfilm.com. There's a, a contact form there. Um, also, um, I mean, by all means, uh, especially uh, if you your audience is a private equity knowledgeable per, uh, audience, I, I do recommend see the film uh, corporate FM um, and, and recommend it to people because you know I don't think many people who work in private equity understand how their own industry works and that's that's kind of they use that to their advantage because w- journalists who are reporting on private equity we saw this in the in the uh, the election when uh, you know the Democrats were trying to or not the Democrats. It was uh, Newt Gingrich yeah. was trying to uh, to to bring the light of private equity on onto onto Mitt Romney to to show uh, how that could be uh, devastating. And um, I, I think private equity won. They they were able to get there, and, and and they will say that they buy failing businesses and make them better. But with the case with radio. Uh, back in 1996, they bought healthy businesses. They loaded them with a ton of debt, and then they 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 kept them in vampire state for two decades. Um, now we we have dead businesses that people who who used to work in them would love to get back in and, and buy again, but private equity once again is waiting at at the door to jump in and buy as much as they can. And if they come in with that debt load again, they're going to drive up prices for the guy who's doing it for the love of it. And if the guy who who's doing it for the love of it has to buy station at a higher price, he's not going to be able to afford the night DJ. And the night DJ is, is actually how you, you can't have good radio without the night DJ. The night DJ is the proving ground for the day DJ. The night DJ is the proving ground for that new song that no one, even at the station, wants to give it a chance. Um, the, the night DJ is um, it's it's the canary in the coal mine. In the coal mine, and you go 
uh, in my own city here, Kansas City, there are no night DJs um, except for the community radio station. Uh, yeah, but, uh, but, but, hired dial. Yeah. Uh, none, none. Okay, but oh, by the way, uh, I get a uh, uh, email yesterday from a friend of mine, uh, John B. Wells. Are you familiar with John B. Wells, uh, Kevin? John B. Wells. He was uh-huh. he was talk about talk about the he was one of the lead disc jockeys. Uh, he used to run uh, be one of the guests uh, host for Coast to Coast, which I think may be on iHeart now uh, with George Norrie. But anyhow, I was blessed to be on his show years ago. Uh, but John B asked me to. Uh, He'd like to have your contact information, but John B. has a uh, internet radio show, Caravan to Midnight, and he broadcasts now in about 37 uh, countries, and he'd love to have you as a guest, by the way. And, um, oh, yeah. To talk about it, but he, John, is just a, he's a real truth teller, and uh, so, you know, your your message is not going on in deaf ears. Um, but, you know, people don't realize how much private equity really affects everything, and uh, I went to a rant one time about how, Hospital Corporation America, you know, runs the local hospital here. But our local paper, for instance, I'll give you a great example, is um, is owned by Gatehouse Media. Now, people don't know who Gatehouse Media, but it was an all old publishing company called Liberty Publishing, which was like uh, they bought like three hundred um, uh, newspapers back in two thousand five with a bunch of debt with Leonard Green and Partners. Then Fortress Investment Group bought it in two thousand six. They flipped it back on public markets in 2008, and by 2009, they were in bankruptcy. And now, the mm-hmm. thing is, thing is uh, with financial engineering, what Fortress did, another subsidiary, bought their debt. So uh, Fortress bought the debt of uh, Gatehouse Media. They bought it out of bankruptcy, and they spun it, and now it's back in the New York Stock Exchange again. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible, and they're getting money from BlackRock and Vanguard and DFA and all these major institutional investors, and and this is kind of eating, you know, and they're going on another buying uh, rampage. And these guys are not dummies. They just bought the Boston Herald uh, for four point five million uh, after they dumped the pension obligations on the on the taxpayers. So, any event, um, that's kind of my rant. But that's uh, but Clear Channel is much much bigger than that. And uh, um, uh, any event, so. But Josh Kosman was great. By the way, just seeing Josh Kosman's uh, presentation of private equity in the film is is worth the film in and of itself. Would you agree? <laughs> um, well, I like all parts of the film, um, Josh. I think for your audience especially, I would agree. Uh, but for the music heads out there, um, if, you know, just people who love radio, I think uh, it's... Uh, it's strong in itself. I I'm, I'm, I was very happy that Josh was in it, though. Um, I would urge re- journalists, though, that are reporting about um, the coming buyouts after this bankruptcy, that reporting on the numbers of the debt is as important as reporting on those who will be fired uh, a month later, um, because the two are, are in they're intertwined. One causes the other. Um, so uh, yeah, let's 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 ask get the financial press to start asking the the hard questions of um, does the greed of a few affect the many, <laughs> I, and how much? Yeah, and it is interconnected because um, you ever heard? Remember the old uh, magazine Reader's Digest, uh, uh, Kevin? 
Um, that was yeah, a le- yeah. that, that was the leverage buyout. They uh, went <laughs> that was they've went back uh, twice, first in two thousand nine, and then two thousand thirteen. Now the CEO of that uh, Reader's Digest was a gal named Mary Burner, whose brother was in private equity. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, who recommended that, that she be the CEO. She was making three million dollars a year as as Reader's Digest went went into bankruptcy. But guess who became the CEO of Cumulus Media in 2015? Mary Burner. Burner, yeah. Cha-ching, you know. <laughs> yeah, so she became the CEO uh, of uh, Cumulus Media, and and she got a, like a $1.5 million salary and another million dollar signing bonus. And so cha-ching, cha-ching, you know, Mary, uh, you know, rides off in the sunset again, and uh, so they're in bankruptcy now. Um, but what was amazing is that these insiders, uh, Mary Burner, um, and I'd be happy to surprise this for anybody because uh, it's a matter of public record, is that she was getting like $1.3 million a year, even in bankruptcy. So, um, so anyway, these asset managers always reward themselves. You know, um, yeah. you, know you know, it's, uh, and uh, even in bankruptcy. Yeah, Will's got a question here. Uh, Kevin, um, how have, uh, like, local advertisers reacted to this uh, to the consolidation of these stations and, and the loss of audience, have they <clears throat> have they stopped uh, or use are they using uh, radio less for advertising or are they just forced into um, using it because they have no choice? What has happened with radio with advertising is a lot the same as what has happened with the music or the audience. Because if you think about it, the advertiser is the audience. The advertiser is listening mm-hmm. to the radio and they're thinking, "Hey, this." audience is like me let's say they own uh you know i have my burger shop they're my customers i hear this uh, i know that they like the same music as me uh so when radio stopped servicing their listeners with music that the listeners wanted that drove the listeners to look for it elsewhere like say to spotify or something else now, if you're going to drive the listeners there, that's also going to drive the the advertisers there. And I have started to see local or hear local advertisements on Spotify. It's uh, it's remarkable, but it's uh, it, you know it's unfortunately not a uh, a substitute for radio. Uh, but um, and I don't hear a lot of them do it. I mean, basically, you know, you hear Home Depot and Geico and you know nationals on there. Um, and I don't, I don't think Spotify is the answer because Spotify's still not making money. It just has a lot of, uh, you know, excitement behind it um, because it's, you know, filling a void. Yeah. So, but, yeah. Yeah, but the venture capitalists are, uh, uh, Kevin, look at, we're going to have to wrap this up, Kevin. God bless you. Uh, uh, you listen to Barry James Dyke with my sidekick, Will Pearson, engineer uh, Rick Pickford, and uh, we're listening to, We've been listening to Kevin McKinney tell us about his uh, documentary movie, Corporate FM. I highly recommend folks you uh, Google it and buy it and uh, or get it on Amazon. Amazon, yeah. Amazon. And uh, maybe you got to put it on Netflix. Can you do that? That'd be great, too. Uh, yeah, I'd have to pay a, a, I'd have to pay an aggregator to get it on Netflix. But uh, the kind of the, uh, the idea of putting it on Prime 
Amazon Prime was to make it available to every person and make it ubiquitous. So we get the truth out about what they did to radio and how they can intimidate people, even like Bruce Springsteen. We didn't get to tell the Bruce Springsteen story, but you can you can see it in the movie. All right, that that's so, awesome. So uh, the Ke- boss can't stand up. How can you? I know. So uh, Kevin, let's keep in touch because we're we're both in the same mission. And God bless you and our best wishes for a. A healthy and prosperous and uh, new year, and uh, you're listening to the Economic Warrior. Right on. This has been the Economic Warrior with your host Barry James Dyke, broadcast live at WSCA Portsmouth Community Radio, engineered by Phil Kleiger. If you have any questions about today's show or need an ally in conquering the battleground of finance, contact the Warrior himself at barryjamesdyke.com Who are the world?